Welcome back to another episode of Jump Cut. Oh my god, I'm what is this? This is like radio host. host. This is worse. Okay, before exactly, the intro. Exactly. No, 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 no. You're not even going to finish it. I'm cutting you off halfway through. I'm taking the <laughs> mic out of your hands. Before before we started this episode, Hashem was like, okay, what kind of vibe are we going for for the intro? And I was like, not a YouTuber intro. Because we did that for 40-something episodes, and I wanted something fresh. You know, we've been on a good streak of kind of having weird offbeat intros. And this motherfucker whips out this 40s talk show host-looking-ass radio host nobody's listening to him intro and I, i'm not i'm not here for it i just thought i would channel my inner comic today you know i'm okay. holding my mic up to my face yeah i just thought i like i was in the mood you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay well it didn't pay off at least for one of us and uh i'm my name is leander Damn. who are you my name is uh hashem but you can call me a bitch according to leander <laughs> welcome to jump cut this is a podcast where we talk about movies and today episode 51 the start of season two maybe um we're season gonna be talk- two yeah let's go with that <laughs> let's do it right okay season two we're gonna be talking about walter mitty the remake of this old 47 movie but you know uh i didn't so, actually know until i researched it that it was a remake because it's so good at being original i liked it a lot it's actually the film second film adaptation of a short story from the ni- from 1939 Jesus, so that is get your shit together, Leander. Yo, if you bring that fucking B list ass research to my goddamn podcast, <laughs> it's over. It's over. I'm just letting oh, you know right now. Well, uh, as is per our tradition on Jump Cut, we have to spend the first 20 minutes talking about video games. And I don't know if you had anything prepared, but I just feel like we have to clear the air after last week's episode. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. It's, it's it's really like this is almost like an intervention for us for one another. Um, yeah. So, last episode we talked a lot about you know, League of Legends, that that game that exists, and we're all like, ah, oh, we don't play. Ha ha. It's a funny. I don't know any of the character names because I. Can don't you play imagine them. if we played League of Legends? Oh, what if? What that if we played crazy. League of Legends and then it became kind of like, but but what if? How about kind of like just making eyes at each other? And then Hashem sent a message in the group chat that was like. You know, fuck it. I'm a download league. And I responded, all right, me too. And so now we've been playing league like almost every day for the past yeah. month now, almost, maybe. Yeah, it's been, Going it's on been a, month. a while. Yeah. Um, And you know what? I don't regret a fucking thing. I'm having fun. I think I spend my days looking forward to that two hours that we play league every day. <laughs> Like, it's just like, you know how, like, they say the light at the end of the tunnel? Yeah, that's my light at the end of the tunnel, bro. It's so, like, addicting. And we're not good. Like, don't get, don't, don't misunderstand. We're all shit. But it's good because we have a group of, like, four of us who yeah. are all shit together. And we're all just new with the game and getting rolled. But then we also have my friends from high school who are carrying us whenever they play with us. And it's just, like, this beautiful combination of like watching good people play and being bad, but still winning. And it's just, it's a, it's a, it's, it's very enjoyable. I got to so, say, I will say the one thing that hooked Leander and I was the perfect comeback story. I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, like it's, it's crazy because it's like, I didn't think I cared about watching these like strategy game, like, 
characters on this isometric yeah, board going up and down and right clicking where I want to move. Like that didn't feel impactful for me. I couldn't get how intense that could get in like esports or whatever, people cheering and shit. And then it happened to us. And then we had yeah. this, this amazing comeback where I was literally screaming at my screen the whole time. And I like it was stood so up good. and needed a minute because we straight up like came back from the jaws of defeat. We took it. It was great. For those of you that are in the zeitgeist, they were at our inhibitor and we still won. Or not inhibitor, at, at our nexus and yeah, we still won. Yeah, our, our, our nexus was like three quarters down and then we got the push back and it was it was wild. They certainly misplayed. We certainly didn't know what we were doing. And, you know, maybe oh, yeah. when we're expert pro gamer challenger league next year or whatever, uh, we're going to look back at this moment and be like, oh, that wasn't actually that great of a comeback. But like, you know, right now, that's the best shit that's happened to me in ages. <laughs> I don't have anything yeah. like that in I've been riding games. that high for fucking weeks, bro. Seriously, Listen, that high was that so good. We've been trying to recreate it ever since. <laughs> you know how they just tell you it's like, you know, never do drugs. You know, you'll never get the first high again. Yeah. yeah. It's that. Yeah. So there you could see uh, QED, League of Legends, is heroin. And we're all kind of hooked now. And that's unfortunate. And this is the start of a maybe a diary. A diary talking through this addiction and how we evolve over the course of... Because, like, I haven't played any other games. It's wild. I haven't played any other games. And I almost spent all of December... Like, I've been recording which movies I watch, right? And I try to go see a bunch. But uh, December, I watched Arcane four times. <laughs> I, I realized that I hadn't logged any other movies for a good, decent time, nor TV shows. Because the only thing I'd been watching consistently was Arcane over and over again. And I don't miss, I don't like double count watching things again in the same year. So it's not looking good for me. I'm on a slippery slope here. But it's like, it's so good. I want to watch Arcade again. Should we, re <laughs> can we review Arcade again? I don't want to talk about Walter Reed. <laughs> oh, I wish Hashem, but we have a job to do. And the people need to hear we about do. our review of Walter Mitty. We have our <laughs> journalistic integrity to think of. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, but that's that's been the update. I mean, League is, is still a game, believe it or not, after, what is it, like 15 years? I'm pretty sure, like, my parents played League. And, yeah, now, yeah it's, now it's my turn. So. All I know is all the hot girls on Twitch play League, so I'm officially a hot girl now. Like, it's 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 official. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? I guess so. That that That's it. Yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty set in stone now. We're going to start streaming. We're going to have merch. Uh, yeah, catch me on the Summoner's Rift. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> all right. Walter Mitty, do you want to, you know, get into it a little bit now? How do I say this? This movie is like, it's good. I, it's fine. It's good. I feel like, Hashem, you're, you're struggling a little bit. I don't know why, why this is. I feel like there's part of you that doesn't want to say it's a good movie. And then there's part of you that was like, but it got me, though. No, no, no. Okay, look, I, I appreciate the movie for what it is, Uh huh. but at the same time, I think it's one of those movies that's like faux deep. You know what I mean? Faux deep. Where it's like, Where it's like, uh, you know, the story and the message behind the movie or the message that the movie's trying to tell is just kind of like, all right, no shit. You know, you should definitely be nice to people. You know, don't be a fucking dickhead. That's, okay. That's true. Guy's I'm not saying that's a message Disney of this movie before. But okay. No, no, but listen. <laughs> all Disney movies are faux deep. All Disney movies are faux I, deep. 
that was just a joke because like you know they're supposed to be simple plots that kids can understand but this is i wouldn't say that you every single disney movie is faux deep you cannot convince me otherwise (laughs) what do you mean by i I don't get it how like coco's is coco is for faux deep how except for coco (laughs) okay except for coco what about monsters inc yeah that's faux deep faux deep don't judge people based off of their appearance so you never know all right bro that's cool sick what else you got okay i i i will i will just take that as it is and we'll keep going with this i will uh, i'm gonna give a description of what walter mitty is for those of you who haven't seen it um and then we're gonna get into spoilers all right so walter mitty secret life of walter mitty uh the story is about this guy walter mitty right he processes photos for the life magazine who's converting to a digital format and firing all their staff working on the paper version and uh guy's just a normal you know suit jacket to work what what would you call it blue collar or no white collar white collar. office job white collar. standard off the street joe right um and he daydreams he's, he's a lot. played by ben stiller yeah so that tells you all you need to know just a regular guy just your every gay every day you know what, what do they call it your every man yeah that's him every man yeah um he's pining after a girl at work and he daydreams a lot to get away from his kind of boring life uh when everybody starts getting fired, they're like, okay, final magazine issue of the paper version. We're going to need this photo that Ben Stiller is responsible for processing. But he lost it. Oh, shit. Where is it? Number 25. And, yeah, number 25. And um, he goes on a big journey to try and track down this, like, extravagant nature photographer who's been, like, roaming the world over the past, like, years, like, 13 years that he's worked at life. Um, ben Stiller has been the connection for him getting these photos processed but now he has to go out in the wild and find him and that's pretty much it uh the journey it takes goes like round and round about like what you know ben stiller's focuses are where his goals are why he wants to get the photo in the first place and it ends with like a really nice kind of romance subplot pulling together like what the meaning of life is and him finding the photo and yeah it's a very cute story very simple but the presentation of the movie, the presentation of his daydreams, of his journeys, of his like difficulties and struggles, like kind of what the meat of the movie is. So if you haven't seen it, I agree. I still recommend going to watch it, even if the plot's relatively simple. Like you'll get sucked in and not realize that it's a two-hour movie just because of how interested yeah. you are and how it's presented. It's very it's good. It's a very it's very well paced. One hundred percent, I agree. And I honestly, I, I was in the same boat as Ashton where I didn't know that. Like, okay, honestly, I think these movies, like a lot of these kind of movies feel holier than thou. Almost like a, like a, what are they called? Faith films? What are, You know the ones that are like all Christian backstories and stuff like that? Where they're like bad like acting. Like gospel movies? Yeah, is that what they're called? I, I don't know if you know this I don't genre. Know. I, I, it, I don't know what you're talking about, to be it's honest. It's usually a, bu- a bunch of white Southern people and then a child who's the second coming of Jesus. And then they like instill a lot of faith in this. Oh, this child, like, you know, he did something great. And it's because he had faith in God and the acting is always terrible. And the message is always very holier than thou, Right. And that was the impression okay. I got from my description, like from reading about the movie. Like, it's very much a, this is how you should live your, or this is not, this is how you should, but this is a suggestion for how life should be experienced. And I was like, ah, I see you. I see you. Uh, what's that famous movie about the kid who gets hit by a car? Uh, what? God. 
I'm, I'm rambling here, and it, it sounds incoherent, but I swear to God, there's a through line. What's the? No, no, I'm following. I just don't know the <laughs> movie that you're talking about right now. There's that movie, or he gets stabbed, or something. Everybody watched it in high school. What was uh, Pass It On or something? I bet everybody oh, who's paid forward, paid pay it forward, forward. With Kevin Spacey, forward, and that fucking uh, yeah, that was it. Good right? ass movie. That was not a, stupid a good ass movie. movie no, it's a stupid. That's what I'm saying, right? Because because the message is so explicit and so over the top and unbelievable, but not in like an artistic way and not in like a you know funny way. But this movie like combines all those bad messages into something better with good characters, good writing, good visual storytelling and you know okay funny jokes okay so. i'm really glad i'm really really glad that you brought up pay it forward because that's exactly what i mean by like faux deep yeah yeah like i i get what you mean yeah. i think this movie does Where a really like, good job of subverting that though I don't, I don't even know if it's a subversion but i think the message in the story or the way that they convey the message is so appealing and i know appeal is like difficult to define or you know you can you can you can take that however you want, it doesn't really bother me. You know, I'm glad that the movie is telling me something nice and simple because I liked experiencing it. Does that make sense? Yeah, because I feel like when you finish the movie, you feel like there are things in your life that you can now appreciate a little bit differently. But the movie didn't have to be so overt and tell you, hey, go outside more. Get some fresh mountain air. Yeah, love your family. Touch grass. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It didn't have to do that. You were just watching someone else have that experience. And Ben Stiller fucking knocks it out of the park with his like yeah. nonverbal storytelling that you could like just get this appreciation and like kind of. And I think honestly, the music video music helps a lot like this PowerPoint uh, yeah. style yeah. over the top big kind of music really grabs you in like that. But still, I don't know. So it, it, it works. Speaking of Ben Stiller knocking it out of the park, you know he directed this as well? I did not know that. But also, I was going to say... Yeah, um, he was the director. Are we in spoilers yeah. now? Okay, yeah, let's do spoilers, because I do want to talk about like the short story just for a second. All right, going forward, spoilers for Walter Mitty. The short story is a page and a half, and it's like he goes to work, he has a daydream on the way to work, and then he has a daydream when he goes out for a smoke when he gets home. That's the entire short story. Wait, and so. Real? Yeah, it's not very long. I read it in high school, and that's when I first watched this movie, Grade 11. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the movie is great. It it takes that idea of, like, maladaptive daydreaming, and it fucking runs with it, you know? I've never heard and it that gives term us a character. Before. What does that mean? Uh, it's not a good thing. It's a sign of depression, and it's uh, daydreaming during the, like, to escape, like, mundane reality or, like, the depressed reality that you exist in, so to speak. Oh, my God. So yeah, it's like it, it's, yeah. That does seem it's like an accurate thing. description, though. Especially like at the end of the movie where it doesn't happen as much, and he's saying like less so, like exactly after being asked if the daydreaming is still happening, the zoning out. He's like not as much, and it's because he's becoming more grounded and he's experiencing the world around him. And I think it's like, you know me, bro. I love movies where the characters are going through shit. And from minute one, this motherfucker is going through shit. You know what I mean? I think even the way the movie, like, okay, pulls you. You're you're hearing the entire story through Walter Mitty's perspective, right? And 
yeah the idea of this daydreaming is not just like him zoning out on camera and being a still member on screen right it's like the movie pulls you into it as well by not like letting you know that we're entering a daydream like you could tell after it's happened a few times when it's occurring but like yeah. they take the current scene that's happening every character's position in the world and follow that through for when the daydream starts and you know if Walter Mitty's waiting at a bus station, well, now beside the bus station, there's a fire and he jumps off the bus into like the the burning building to save a child before it explodes like that whole thing. Right. It's 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 very cool. Like, I don't know, pulling like making you feel like you're Walter Mitty. Like, oh, this is so much more interesting. Why would I care about that storyline on the bus now? And then reality snaps back and you're pulled back to that depressing, boring life. It's I, I don't know. I really like that yeah. part of it. I agree. I think it's like while you're in the daydream, they feel real, which is perfect because to Walter Mitty, they essentially are real, mm-hmm. right? I think it's it's kind of cool that like halfway through the movie, it starts to blur the line a little bit, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where you'll have like small daydreams that are like not as big, you know, like when he's in the... I don't even know if I would call it a daydream. I guess it's a memory at that point where he's in the Pizza Hut or the Papa John's uh-huh. in Iceland and he like steps outside. So he actually takes himself out of it, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. I thought that was cool. If you think about it, like when, when you say like it kind of becomes real, like when he starts searching for like twenty five number 25 and actually starts trying to track down Tim or what is his name? Uh, Sean? Sean, yeah. When he tries to yeah. track down Sean, uh, he ends up going into these crazy scenarios like swimming with sharks and like escaping volcanoes. And those are almost on par with the dreams he's having, right? The daydreams. But he's like experiencing them in real life now. So they're no longer a daydream. And daydreams are gone from those scenes because of how life is pulling him in yeah. and he's like getting this new lease on like what it means yeah. to like be enjoy your current. I don't know. It's just like that whole level of storytelling where like, oh, we just have these intermittent flashbacks and then they suddenly stop. I wonder why the action hasn't. But oh, man, they're not happening. Can you interpret this? It's like that. I, I like that. I, I like that. Again, nonverbal storytelling. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody so- says anything in this movie, which is fucking sick to me. Yeah. The less dialogue, the better, in my opinion. I I really like that. And I, I it's just the idea of this entire plot that it's it's this photographer who's out here living like you know, crazy lives, like just photo photo taking photos of a volcano and then a snow leopard and climbing mountains and playing soccer in un, like rural Afghanistan or whatever. It's just like it it it's larger than life and I guess it can make the viewer feel small. I don't know if that's like intentional or whatever but like you can find that when someone talks about all these trips and whatever and then you as a viewer let's say you haven't done any of that can feel kind of intimidated but the movie kind of carries through with having walter mitty there to be this proxy to have those feelings and i feel like it does a good job of making you want to aspire to those things without depressing you or forcing you to think about the mundane shit like money and accessibility and whatever like the I think he makes it actually something you can achieve. Yeah, something attainable, something real. Yeah. In in a way that I get what you mean. I really enjoyed. 
I I will say though that I don't think the movie is saying that this is the only way to go about enjoying life, so to speak. Oh, definitely not. Definitely not. Yeah. So I think what's happening is, or I, like this is my own interpretation. Mm-hmm. Walter wanted to travel before his dad died, right? And circumstances stopped him from it. Yeah. So now that he's getting to travel, he's getting to like get that fulfillment in life. Mm-hmm. And so as a viewer, it's essentially saying that, you know, don't miss out on the experiences that you want to have, not necessarily the experiences that everybody outlines as necessary. Does right. that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. Like, I, and I think just... it does it pretty well. Very, very well, right? Because you're you're cheering for him the whole time. Like he he's yeah. just a regular guy, and you're happy that he's getting to experience these things that are like very cool. And like the loud music in the background makes you feel like, yeah, you fucking go, Walter. You, we love that. Yes, skateboard down this long ass road to the bottom of a volcano. That'd be awesome. Like I I, I don't know. I very much think the movie got me. Whatever hooks it used or storytelling quirks it used to make me feel super excited about skateboarding, which I don't care for usually, just <laughs> absolutely got me. And I think the music That's is fair. a large part of that. Like it is very good. The score is very good. Yeah, it, it's all licensed music, but like in a fun way. Like ground control to Major Tom is used as this big motif in the film as like a go out there, be adventurous, be bold do the shit that everybody else is scared to sort of thing. And he jumps out of a plane because of it or a helicopter. Yeah. A it's helicopter. Just, uh, I love it. I, I And it's not afraid of being stylistic when it wants to with like the daydreaming and with the, the way, you know, people are angled or the, the scenes are set up like the cinematography. It's just like, I, I, I love that. I love that when he decides that he's going to leave his job, and well, not necessarily leave his job, but go on this adventure, right? He just walks out of work, and then it's almost like a music video while all these words that's from the motto part. of life are coming. Like, so the magazine has this big motto that's like three paragraphs long or whatever, and each sentence is showing up on the sidewalk as he's walking through the airport, the passport stamp, the runway as he's like making his way to Greenland, and like. You can't not get giddy at that. It's so effective at like making the audience feel like fuck yeah, stick it to the man, and you're like rooting for him. And oh my god, I just I I hate how good it is at that because I don't think I care I, about movies like this most of the time. But this one worked. Okay, wait. What do you mean by movies like this? You're talking about like specifically stylized movies? No, like, like this. Like this is how you should experience life. I never like that as a message, right? And oh, like I you see, said, is he's not. It's not explicitly saying, and we could go into it more, right? I hundred percent agree. It's not saying this is how you experience life. You don't need to skateboard beside a volcano, right? Especially because at the end of it, like the quintessence of life was him enjoying his yeah, job. Yeah, it was just him. Yeah, right. So like. I, I get that. I get that this is not the movie's explicit message, but generally these movies that have a through line of life should be done in this way or life should be experienced in this way. I fucking hate, I hate that idea that like, Oh, I need to, you know, visit yeah, all how, these countries. What, how, what makes you the authority? Yeah. What makes you the authority? Everybody you the authority? is here for a hundred years max or whatever. 
It's like I there's no there's I, I I never like that. Like this person has experienced life more. But Walter Mitty put it in this way, like you said, where you have somebody who aspired to travel who is now allowing themselves to and enjoying the shit out of it and new lease on life. And I love that. I it, okay. it's someone you could root for. I don't want to take a tangent, but this is like reminding me specifically of self help books, if that makes sense. <laughs> the grind set. I like no, no, no. It's not even. I'm not even talking about the great set. I'm not. I'm not talking about like the how to succeed self help books. I'm talking about the self help books that are like, eat, pray, you love. Know, if you're going, f- <laughs> I guess. I guess so. Yeah, literally. It's the <laughs> ones about like how to fulfill yourself in life and how to like, like if you're in a dark place, how do you get out of it? Type stuff. Uh huh. Which I think is is like it's an individual experience, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think any book or any guideline will help. That's why this movie is so cool because it doesn't necessarily give you uh, step one, step two, step three. It's just kind of like do whatever the fuck you want, you know? Whatever you think will make you happy is most likely what will make you happy. Right. Like what you're saying is those, those books are designed for you to pick the right one, not read all of them, right? And yeah, this movie yeah. isn't picking one of them. It's saying, go read the book that works. Like, go find the thing that you are passionate about and experience it. Because, like, life is so short. It's meant to be risky yeah. and all that. And I, I, I very much like that. And I also like that it just, it did it in such a fun way. Like, all the music videos, all the comedy. It's just, it's, it's very good. It's, like, actually funny. Like, this movie is genuinely. It is pretty funny. Like, uh, the writing and the characters, it's fucking... Okay, there's a scene where right before he goes and tries to... What is it? He's trying to find a ship that uh, Sean had taken a photograph of. So he stops by a bar in Greenland where there's, like, three people. And and he starts talking to one of the guys who's explaining that he's dead drunk. He's, like, super, super drunk, but he's going to go deliver parts. He's going to fly the helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. In a helicopter to the ship uh, out on sea during a storm, right? And he's like, "Yeah, I'm kind of, kind of worried about it." <laughs> and, and he's like, he's, just, <laughs> "He's like, why are you drinking so much?" He's like, "I'm nervous about the storm." <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like his delivery is so good. <laughs> he was like, "Um, well, I can't believe I found you because you know, it just so happened the photographer had also been to this bar taking a photograph of this guy, right?" Um, he's like, I can't believe I found you because I got the photograph of you of all the people in Greenland. And he's like, there's there's nine people in Greenland. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And, it's, and it's, he talks about how his wife, he cheated on his wife. And he's like, yeah, don't don't cheat when there's nine people in Greenland. And I was like, I could not like it's so hilarious. It's just it is pretty funny. God, I don't it's know. like genuine. Like, how do I? I find that a lot of comedies go about it two ways where they either make really shitty ass jokes to like mm-hmm. force a laugh out of the audience or they do like stupid ass situations, you know? Yeah. This movie is not really like that. It's just like, all right, the character said something that a normal person would probably say, you know, but it's mm-hmm. just because of the absurd situation or the absurd circumstances. It, it you know, it gets a chuckle out of you. And it, it, like you said, it's not even like, like, done in an overtly comedic way like you interpret the humor no it's not there's there's a very funny moment when they're driving away from a volcano right and it's completely erupted it overtakes the car and then it cuts to them actually having escaped the volcano and their car is covered in ash 
And as soon, and he's like, you know, you can get out now. It's safe. You can go on your way. And he's like, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'll just figure out a way back to America. And then he like rolls or some, he says some shit, rolls down the window. And the first thing you see is a Papa John's. And it's like this throwback to his first job that he's explaining. Earlier yeah. That he doesn't want to go back to Papa John's. It's just like, it's so comedic in like a funny way, but there's no like, there's no joke there. There's no somebody like, oh, what you have a problem with Papa John's, and he's like, "Ah, oh, yeah, seen it too much." Or something. Like, no, no nobody overt. says anything. Nobody says anything. It just you just see the character, look at it, and Bro. hear him like kind of take a minute. That's it's- what I'm saying. The less dialogue, the better the movie. That's <laughs> what I'm saying, bro. <laughs> and honestly, I think I have this like wrong association with Ben Stiller and this movie kind of changed the pace of way I look at him, right? Because um, we kind of missed it. Jardine wanted us to do Night at the Museum for Christmas, right? Yeah. Uh, a little late now, but uh, I haven't seen that movie in ages, but I always associate that type of goofy kids sort of humor movie with Ben Stiller. Yeah. And, but no, this motherfucker like can act, dog. Like, he can, he can Zoolander, act well. Yeah, Zoolander. Madagascar, Tropic Thunder, like... All of he those. Is, he is a comedy Tower actor. heist. Like, they're all comedy-ish movies. I right? forgot about that movie. <laughs> that's yeah. crazy. He's that's trying to crazy. steal from the rich and give to the poor. That's literally the movie. But anyway. Yeah. That's my favorite movie. What were you saying before I cut you off? I just... I don't know. I, I like... You know what? This This is like the perfect film student movie and this is me saying that not as a film student and not knowing jack shit about film Mm -hmm. but it's just like there's a lot of like sweeping shots you know it sets up like the environment properly or i guess the set is the right word not the environment i'm fucking thinking of video games right now um it's just it's like throughout the whole movie and this is very strange because i don't usually think about this in movies like this I yeah. always had like a spatial awareness of where he was trying to get to. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like there that's was always like a point. wide shot of of where this is where Walter is. This is where he's going to be. So he's going to jump into the boat. He's going to uh skate down the mountain. There's a valley over here that the volcano is going to erupt to and he's going to have to escape out. Mm-hmm. It's always like I always had a sense of space and I like that. I think it's very useful in movies like this. Mm-hmm. But I I also think it makes it, it it lets you appreciate the scale of like the journey when you can look at how far Ooh, he's gonna yeah. have to go and then you get to see him on his way there. Like you get an establishing establishing shot of the village and then him on a skateboard and then you could see that he covers that distance by him getting there at the end. Or you see the top of the mountain and you see him at the start of it and then you can establish that he got there and like all of that's just very. I don't know. It makes for this, like, a pre- you get part of the journey in it. You're not just watching all these successes after successes. You're, like, watching him struggle and write about it and have fun. That's true. And, yeah, it's very cool. It's also, like, uh, two points. I-, I think you're absolutely right. It takes you on the journey with him a lot better because you can see the things that he can see, so to speak. But also, those shots aren't really present when he's back in New York. A lot of the... I guess shots in New York are very focused on him having a conversation. So he'll be sitting and talking to his mother or talking to 
I don't know what the fucking girl's name is. Kristen Wiig. <laughs> yeah, Cheryl. Cheryl, that's what it is. And it's always the focus is always the conversation, the dialogue that they're having, or like the expressions that they're giving. Because I I still think that there's not much talking in this movie, and I like that. Yeah, I, this is a good ma- movie. It makes it feel more claustrophobic when you're and when he's like trapped, I guess, in New York. And I guess that's the intention, especially in the elevators, actually. Oh yeah, there's a lot of scenes in elevators. Yeah. I never thought about that. But yeah. I mean not a lot, but there's there are there are more than a few. So Also, like why is Adam Scott so annoying in this movie? <laughs> it's it's so funny. He has like I can't not associate him with Parks and Rec. And it's just like yeah. this weird I his character is so over the top and so extra that like it's it's hard not to laugh at him kind of whenever yeah. he's on screen like I, I really can't take him seriously like i don't know if he's supposed to be threatening or anything but it didn't feel it i will say i didn't like the scene at the end where oh Walter we told him off i was literally him. about yeah. to say that it felt it felt very pulling the veil didn't like over. it didn't i didn't like that one either i like that he, gave, didn't seem... I, he he gave he gave the photograph like that he and he didn't look at his, it yeah he, he said his two cents or whatever he didn't look at it but the way he said like his final speech came across very and here's here's the movie's thesis like didn't like that I don't it's know. not just i mean yeah it's definitely it's a concluding paragraph you know <laughs> for sure which is not a good look for a movie like this like the thing is is i understand why they made him talk back to him it's like to show that walter has changed since the start of the movie like, at the start of the movie, he couldn't even say hi to the dude. Yeah. And now he's, like, essentially talking back to him. That's fine. But I think what was said was just so cliched. And this is, like, the biggest point where the movie feels, like, super, super, like, fake deep. Like, yeah. why are I, you spoon-feeding me the message? Yeah, don't be a dick. You don't have to be such a dick about it. Like, I get you have you yeah. have your marching orders and all that shit. Like, I, I, I don't care. Like, it's not... We we get the idea that these are different characters, and that one like, I don't know. I think in my in my opinion, right, the thesis of the movie was that you should experience life the way you want or whatever, the yeah. way that it, like you get pulled or desire to do things, you should allocate time to do them. But how very hedonistic of you! It's not preachy. <laughs> yeah, shut up. It's it's not preachy <laughs> in the way that he came across at the end. Yeah, like I agree. The problem is, is that the guy actually was a dick. So telling someone off isn't necessarily preaching to them. But like, to me, it felt like you, you he wasn't telling the character. He was telling us. It was pointed at you. It was pointed right? at the audience. Yeah, that's and that's why it felt preachy. I think like I, I get that the character. He the thing is that character was not a real important part of the film. Right. The job no, did not matter in the long run. That speech felt very directed at me and not the other major character. Because, like, who the fuck gives a shit about Ted Hendricks? It's like, nah, I don't know. It's also like, you know how there's, like, three forms of conflict? Or, like, three key forms of conflict you can have in media? Mm -hmm. Like, man versus man, man versus nature, man versus self? This movie is 100%, or maybe not 100%, but majority of it is man versus self. It's Walter learning how to, like live with himself and reach fulfillment in his own life and that's great Mm. i'm fucking all for it 
Yeah. But when you force like a subplot where he has like animosity against this dude who does not matter in the movie, <laughs> I just didn't like it. I, I I agree with that. But you know what else? This is coming to the other. So this, these are the two kind of. I mean, we we did spend half an hour talking great about this movie. I feel like we've earned this little bit here. Okay. Yeah, we have one hundred percent. I said that it was a nice romance subplot at the start, and it is nice, but I don't think it's good, and I don't think it's necessary, and that bothered me the first time I watched it, and it bothered me now, because I think, like, love is important, love can be fulfilling, whatever, but the essence of the movie was about connecting with your own desires, connecting with yourself yeah. and the world around you, right? Self-actualization. And I just felt like the ending robbed that a little bit by having Walter end up with someone romantically. Like I I understand where you're coming from. You're saying it detracts because he's like placing it with someone else. I don't know if I agree. So I want to I want to just explain a little bit my thoughts about this, right? Okay, so okay. the reason why I think that is because the the final like conversation he has with Cheryl, right, is like mind-bogglingly like kind of overt in how it explains that like uh, I just so he he's like, "Oh yeah, I thought you were still with that guy." And she goes, "Oh, no, you're really good at daydreaming. We're actually not together. He was just in my house picking up stuff or whatever, fixing my refrigerator." Fixing no, her. we could That's we could a euphemism, totally bro. He was definitely fixing her refrigerator. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just saying like as in okay, you're led to believe for half or most of the movie now because like, you know, that happens about halfway through that he goes and drops off the skateboard, right? For half the movie, or maybe just the ending, whatever, you're led to believe that, you know, Kristen's got back with him, or something like that, right? Not Kristen, Cheryl got back with him. But the ending literally is just like, oh, no, you thought? (laughs) No, actually, I'm totally totally down to date, and you seem cool, and we're going to hook up like that. It's just kind of explicitly stated. I think the, the ending would have felt so much more kind of impactful to me just me being the viewer not anybody else just like if she said yeah we got back together and they end as friends because yeah i agree with you the 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 emphasis would not have been put on whether or not the journey was worth getting the girl but the journey especially with the whole e-harmony thing he deletes his profile And that is a major plot point. Like, you have this entire other character who's built up in L.A. as being this person trying to guide him through a romantic journey. And he straight up ignores the romantic subplot happening underneath him by canceling his eHarmony account after people start getting interested. Like, I I just... The thesis was leading that way. I just felt like it was robbed by having this ending where it's like, oh, yeah, no, he was, he was fixing my refrigerator. And then they end together. Like, what the fuck? I, I, that is the part that... I don't know. Here's here's my uh I actually agree with you. If 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 it ended off where she was in a relationship and Walter was like, "Yeah, that's cool." That would have mm-hmm. been very a much much better ending. But I will say I think the reason why Walter was on eHarmony in the first place was because he wasn't able to connect with people in real life because of his daydreams. So at okay. the end of the movie the reason he decides to delete it is because he's like able to ground himself a little bit more. He's had his own experiences, so he's able to have a conversation with people. That's why I thought them like if it ended off with them in like having a like 
if, if they kissed or some shit at the end, like yeah. it, I would have just been like, okay, this is bullshit. But the <laughs> fact that they're just walking away and he holds her hand, I was mm-hmm. like, okay, he's he's opening up a little bit. You know, it's it's a good thing. He's he's I embracing guess, the world, as they say. Like you could say that, right? Like you can. I guess that is another interpretation. Like you could see her as this proxy for him actually opening up to the world around him. Right? Yeah. But yeah. I just like the the. I guess the romantic comedy thing in my brain of how I look at this is like, oh, he got the girl in the end. Guess it was worth it. Like that, that part's frustrating because like clearly the the movie built it out from the start as like, oh, you don't have anything on your done. Wait, what is, what is that? What do they call it for eHarmony? You're like, I've done, been there, been done, there that. done that. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. You didn't have anything there. So this movie's just full of them. Oh yeah, and skateboarded across a volcano, went into the Alps or whatever. Unrule Af- what was it? Unauthorized Afghanistan or some shit. Ungoverned. Ungoverned Afghanistan. Afghanistan. Roamed ungoverned Afghanistan. Like it's just he does all this shit and then gets the girl in the end. And it felt like it would have been so much more profound if they didn't put the emphasis on that because I think it it can. <sighs> This sounds so condescending because I'm trying not to make it sound like like people are going to get the wrong interpretation and not realize. But I do think it muddies the message a little bit. Like, I think before I had this very clear idea of what they were trying to say, like experience your life, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, okay, once you're done that, now you can maybe be ready for relationships. Like maybe he deleted his eHarmony profile because he needed to focus on himself, whatever. Right. But the ending of him getting the girl feels too perfect feels too not real anymore feels too unrelatable you know like i i actually disagree really i i think i understand okay the the unrealistic part i don't agree with but the money's the message maybe i think i get okay but the the reason why i'm split is because a lot of people connect partnership with self-fulfillment right so, you know, people don't feel a full, f- like, fulfillment with their experiences or whatever Yeah. if they have no one to share it with. It's cool that he went and he did all this stuff, and it's really, really good for grind- grounding him in reality and for making him, like, have tangible experiences. But, and this is why I'm saying, like, if they ended up as friends at the end, it still would have been fine because you could still share your experiences with your friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just think that it sh- it should have still ended with them having a conversation. I don't think it muddies the message too much. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's very difficult to articulate. You know, I agree with what you're saying. That like, I guess there are parts of life that you should experience with other people. Like, you should have a connection with whatever, be it family, loved one, friends, whatever, right? But the- it felt like there were so many moments pointing inwards at like self-actualization like even he fucking misinterprets the message look inside as to look inside his soul right he finds a photographer on top of the mountain who does not take the photo because he's like he wants the moment for himself it's all about like being selfish in a way that's mindful yeah. yeah and i i i resonate with that message and it's not like i'm saying that the message of connecting with others isn't valuable it just did not feel like the message the movie was talking about the entire rest of the movie <laughs> that's all like even there's a whole thing where he's climbing the mountain and he's like i am alone now because he gets left by the show that was a and- sick ass shot bro i think that's my favorite shot in the entire movie 
that that where, scene where they're talking on the mountain yeah like, but without saying anything no no where it's it writes i am alone in yeah. like the sky or some shit and then yeah. the the alone lingers as he's alone on the screen bro i am so <laughs> easy to please the thing is guys every time i say i don't like a movie in a in the fucking group chat leander will come in and be like oh look at hashem he's never satisfied with <laughs> movies oh look at this fucking guy i love movies fuck you that's because he has the randomest shit. He'll be like, oh, yeah, I watched all the Paw Patrol movies yesterday. They're absolute shit. Never going to watch them again. <laughs> like, and, and, and nobody could, like, the motherfucker started watching Seinfeld. Like, who, nobody's watching that right now. But his recommendations will just come out being like, oh, they're garbage. Like, he'll, he'll bring the, the hottest take out, drop it in the group chat. Just eager, eager for someone to jump on their keyboard and be like, fuck off, Hashem. He's just waiting for it. No, I want someone to disagree with me, but not be like, you never <laughs> like things. I ha- Listen, I nitpick. All right. I nitpick. I like to look at a movie and dissect it. You know, they call me a surgeon of media. <laughs> Get that shit. Put it right in front of me. I will tell you everything you need to know about it. I, I feel the same way. I love nitpicking. I love taking things apart because I feel like that makes me appreciate the parts that worked a lot more. Yes. Right. I don't think yeah. that's how everybody processes media, but I love doing that. Right. But. You got to recognize when you have the hot takes. When you say shit like Spider-Man, the new one is bad, you're going to get roasted for it. You're going to get roasted for it. No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Because you're dumb. If we're talking about hot takes. was not better. This is not the case. If we're talking about hot takes. (laughs) Dog, you think Guardians of the Galaxy is bad. Not that it's the worst of the MCU. You think it's a bad movie (laughs) overall. That's okay. a hot fucking take. <laughs> it, I guess so. It might be a hot. Okay. Maybe we both have hot takes, right? But I don't like yours more than I like mine. And I'm I just, you know, that's just how <laughs> life works. I'm just. <laughs> anyway. I think, Listen, I think we should probably. I think. <laughs> I think we're done with this. No, one. no. Hold up. I want to, okay. I want to just, I want to just uh, give a little uh, teaser for episodes to come. So Leander is watching. And Jordine actually are watching the Raimi movies right now. Are you guys finished all of them? No, we're still midway through Spider Man three. Oh, you're never gonna fucking finish that movie. It's hot ass. <laughs> but um, I also just finished watching them. I want to do an episode on just the Spider Man movies, like the Amazing Spider Man movies, Spider Verse. I want to touch on, maybe not necessarily like linger too much, because I think that one deserves its own episode. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So mm-hmm. just. The MCU for, just look forward to that. Yeah. Look forward to that. And the so, MCU. Yeah. If you if you want to be ready for this one, you gotta watch Spider Man one, two, three, one, two, one, two, and three. And then you'll be exactly. ready, you'll be caught up. And Spider Verse. Pretty simple. Spider Verse, yeah, as also, well. Also, I think you should watch the spectacular Spider Man animated series, but that's not for the episode. I just think everybody should watch it. <laughs> I hate you so much. But anyway, we're gonna be it's doing so that. good, dude. I feel like we're in the wrap up anyway, but yeah, so uh, we'll yeah. rate the movie. Uh, think of an item. But yeah, we're going to be doing that one after we do the next week is going to be Toy Story. Yeah, as per Noel's recommendation. And then after that, we'll probably do the Spider-Man series or whatever. And then maybe after that, we'll do Night at the Museum. Or maybe we'll just keep talking about it and never do it. So who knows? Yeah. Sorry, Jordine. So did you think of an item? I'm going to say negatives. Negatives. Okay, that's a good one. Uh, I'm going to give it. Oh, can I go first? Do you mind? Do you mind if I go? Yeah, hit it. Okay. I'm going to give it. and Because I, I just want to see. I just want to, you know, vibe check. See if you outrank me, lower rank me. Well, let's see. I'm going to give it 10 out of 12 negatives. Wow. You actually really like this movie. I do. I really like this movie. I really do. 
I, I'm, I'm hesitant. I also want to give it maybe nine. It's like 10, nine and a half because I really think it could have been like put leagues ahead if, if the romance subplot didn't wrap up in a little bow. I think Messi is more human and I would have liked that. I don't know. Okay. Okay. I think I'm going to give it a nine out of 10 or nine out of 12. Good. Yeah. That's totally conclusively. Good because like, like I would have beat you up if you said anything. Else. No, no, I'm saying like I'm not even split. Like it's a it's a solid nine. It's not nine point five. It's not eight point five. It's just nine. Happy with that. Pleased with that. That is great. I think the movie is very nicely shot. I think the mm-hmm. score is very good. I think the acting is very good. But I do think that there are certain like plot points and there are certain elements of the movie that I just don't mesh with. And I think mm-hmm. you know we. We got it, bro. It doesn't even matter. They don't give a fuck. They didn't even listen to the whole episode. Yeah. (laughs) Totally fair. All right. So thanks for listening. Um, You could catch us on Twitter at JumpCutFM for our podcast, at Leander for myself, at The Hash with two A's for Hashem, at DefaultBird for Jordine, our editor. And uh, her Etsy shop is at Blue Moon Paper on Instagram and Etsy.com, BlueMoonPaper.Etsy.com. That's all the links and shit Hashem. oh and oh next week we already said that shit yeah next week is going to be toy story the week after is going to be the spider-man series so watch toy story one only toy story one for next week i'm not watching all of them i don't give a shit you about should those. watch all of them why who gives a shit i don't know i don't i'm an angry old man i'm not gonna watch toys I, on screen okay okay for... i i just want to say i think we should watch toy story 2 because in my opinion that's the best one well, if we watch Toy Story what? 2, then we need to watch Toy Story 3. How much homework are you giving? No, no, no. no. Nobody should watch Toy Story 3. That's what? okay. We can I just thought people liked Toy two. Story 3. People always cry That's about okay. Life. I'm not people. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. This is the hot takes. They come out of... <laughs> they just they hit you right at the end of the episode. So you can't even... like You're, you're like, oh, I'm already out of... I, 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 can't, I can't focus now. You just It's just out of that field. I don't know how to prepare for this. I don't know how to... I need to like activate words on my Twitter so I don't get flamed and you know I can't I can't it's just I anyway it's fine let's just end it I'm gonna be watching all of them but <laughs> you know okay fine you you, I'll watch I all guess. of the fucking this guy's trying to he's <laughs> he's like oh I read the short story before this episode because I really care and just because I finished watching it 10 Listen, minutes before bro, we started recording I already told you you can't bring that weak ass journalism here, bro. I I'm I'm so sorry. I, I forgot we're on season two. <laughs> Shit matters now. It's 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 real. It's we're here. It's raw. It's unedited. It's higher yeah. stakes. <laughs> Next, we're gonna find the Infinity Stones. Oh man, can't wait for Act Three. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, thanks All for right. listening. Uh, especially this week. I, I don't know if it'll come across. It probably will. Uh, we're both kind of sick and nasally, so thanks for listening to this yeah. one especially. Seriously, bro. Yeah. It's, it's been, been real. real.